0: Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. I am so glad you're with me on this episode. Whether you're listening to the podcast or you're checking out our new Kid Ministry Collective YouTube channel where you're going to be finding more of these podcast episodes so you can watch the live interview, the raw footage, and or you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. But I'm glad that you're here. I am excited to, to be bringing this episode to you because I got big questions. I have big questions for you, and I'm hoping you're ready to ask some good questions. You know, this time of year when I'm recording this it's the end of 2023 and we're often as leaders starting to evaluate our ministry seasons and how did we do and what did we do well what didn't go well and uh, I love helping leaders do that part of the Kid Ministry Collective or kmccoach.net as we say a part of the KMC coaching program and journey is to help you as leaders to ask good questions. One of the things that I learned early on from my mentor, and I learned it in a hard way, I was in a gathering of other leaders. We were all together with this wonderful, wonderful leader, mentor and coach, and he was giving us his time and we failed the assignment. We did not ask many questions. We didn't ask good questions. We weren't ready a little self-defense. I wasn't even thinking that that's what the purpose of our time was. So I, my focus wasn't right. My expectations weren't right. And I learned very quickly to always be prepared with questions. One of the things I love about going to ministry conferences and networking is I love to ask questions and I love to answer questions. I hope if you ever come across me at a ministry conference, Do not be afraid to come up and say, hey, can we sit down and have some time together and have some coffee? And I've got some questions for you. I would love to serve you in that way. And I always make time, if you identify yourself as a Kids Ministry Collective part of our community, I will make time for you. So be sure to find me at different conferences. And because I'm usually at most of them, I love being there and I love being around my fellow teammates. I wonder, do you have questions? Do you, are you prepared to ask yourself questions? Are you asking the right questions? I want to share 10 questions with you. And I'm going to share a couple even follow-up questions to that question for you. And all of these will be in the show notes. So if you don't have a pen handy, that's all right. Go to kidministrycollective.com and go to our podcast page. And you will find all of these questions and the follow-up questions that I'm going to share with you right now. So. Again, check it out. If you want to learn more about the Kids Ministry Collective and our KMC Coach Program, we have some coaching groups starting in 2024. We would love to have you a part of it. I guarantee you, you will not find a less expensive coaching opportunity, networking opportunity, community building. If you're looking for community, if you're looking to get in the room with some other leaders to ask questions and, and to answer questions and to share you need to check out the KMC connection groups that are going, that are filling right now and there are spaces available. They are small and they're done that way intentionally. So everybody has time to share. So check those things out. All right, let's dive into this episode of I've Got Big Questions. I'm gonna start off with the first one because this is a key for every leader to ask is are you effectively communicating your vision and expectations to your volunteer team? So personalize it. Am I communicating my vision and my expectations to my team? Do they have it crystal clear? So a good follow-up question to ask is, how often am I communicating these things with my team? Do they? How often do I share the vision, where we're headed, where our end goal is, and what I expect from them? Is it clear? And here's a follow-up to that follow-up. Are the messages that you're communicating clear and easy to understand by all team, team members? Meaning, does it stick with them? Could they repeat it back? If I showed up at a consult in your ministry and asked your team, what's the team mission and vision? Where are you guys headed? What's your end goal for the kids you're serving? Could they say it? Could they name it? It's an interesting thing to ask yourself these three questions because they're huge. Now, when you're with other leaders, that's a great question to ask them. How do you communicate your vision and expectations with your team? How often do you do it? And what makes them sticky? I would ask those questions of a leader because they ought to know. And I love it when I can ask my coach and mentor. I know he's got an answer for these. All right, question number two. How do you create an environment that fosters collaboration and teamwork? You know, how how do you create an environment that fosters collaboration and teamwork amongst your volunteers? Do you allow your team to collaborate with you? Or do you just tell them what to do and point them in the right directions? Say, go do this, go do that. Here's a great follow-up question to that. Before you answer, oh yeah, I I I communicate to them. They know. They know. And yes, they can collaborate with me. Well, do you openly promote it? Do you? Do they have a specific method? Is there a system in place for them to give you that collaboration feedback that you need? Here's your follow-up question. What can I do to encourage that cooperation and support amongst my team? So what do I have to do to help them? work together in a better way. What kind of team building activities do you do during the year? Besides training them how to do the ministry, do you train them on why and why it's important that we all own the mission together and pull together? And, and we, we need to communicate to each other. And that because again, if you want to move your volunteer teams from renters to owning the ministry instead of renting it and just showing up and helping, but they're, they own it and they're serving and they're innovating and they're creating and they're collaborating, I guarantee you, you've got to ask for it and you've got to show them the open doors to do it. Here's question number three. Am I regularly providing constructive feedback and recognition to my volunteer team? Do you take time to provide encouraging feedback where You're giving them constructive criticism, so to speak, but in such a way that it feels like you're building them up, not tearing them down. There are ways to do that. One of the things that I teach in the KMC Coach Program, we teach how to get feedback and give feedback. Here's a follow-up question. How frequently am I giving feedback and recognition to my team members? I would encourage you to give it every week. You need to encourage somebody and equip somebody every week. It ought to be on your weekly plan. Who am I going to to give feedback to? Who am I going to recognize? And this is why, if everything's built around you and you're the person, then you're never going to get out of a room. If you're always up on the stage every single Sunday, you're never going to have the opportunity to see what other people are doing. You're never going to understand how they're working and where do they need to improve. I always carry a little notebook with me so that I can watch my volunteer team and I can make notes of who's doing what well and I let them know because I want to encourage them. I want to equip them. Now, here's the second follow-up. Do I provide specific examples and actionable suggestions for improvement? Maybe there's times where you need to set them and have them shadow a more experienced leader or someone who does it really well. These are some of my coaches in my ministry where I bring those coaches around my other teammates that seem to be struggling a little bit and have them shadow and let them ask questions because it really does help them. All right, here's question number four. Are there any areas in which my volunteers may need additional training or development? Every volunteer needs to be equipped more. Every volunteer needs more tools in their toolbox. Kids management, discipline, special needs training, how to share the gospel, how to invite children to come to Christ. They need those equipping things. They need to understand how to do that. What do I do when service runs along? They need to be trained on what to, ha- to do that. What they also need what happens if there's a fire? What happens if there's an intruder? What happens if there's bad weather? Have you trained your team about those things? Would they know what to do? Okay, here comes follow-up question one for that one. Have you identified specific skills or knowledge gaps within your team? Do you know where the gaps are? And how are you going to manage those gaps? How will your team manage those gaps? Let me tell you, when there are big gaps, people start to lose trust and influence with their team. This is one area where pe- why people quit because they don't feel like you as the leader have equipped them or shared knowledge with them. You're kind of a gatekeeper of that knowledge. So be careful. You could be thinking about, and the follow-up to that follow-up is, what training or development opportunities can I offer to address the gaps? So whether it's short videos, whether it's in person, whether you are in a place where you can work directly with your team, those are the things you need to be thinking about uh, as you go. All right, here's question number five. How can I empower my volunteers to take ownership of, of their roles and contribute their unique talents and skills? Again, I've mentioned this before, renters versus owners. Renters are the ones who show up late. They show up unprepared. They show up disinterested. They're usually the first to leave. They don't show initiatives. Owners show up early. We have a saying, early is on time, on time is late. Owners show up early. They show up prepared. They've looked over their leader's guide at least once or twice. They engage right away. They show initiative. When they see something happening, they go right to do it. I have some fabulous fabulous young people some some students that serve in our ministry that show me they're owning what they do i have some other students that don't but let me tell you i love it when i see people do that but i have to ask myself how am i empowering them to take ownership how am i allowing them to use their skills and talents so recently i I've, I've been watching a couple of our volunteers and i've realized they need to step up a level and so I'm going to invite them to take their volunteering to another level of leadership where they're doing more in the main room and leading our entire group, not just a small group.
1: <clears throat>
0: Excuse me. Here's our follow-up question. So what strategies do I need to develop and implement to delegate those responsibilities and empower my volunteers? So that's, this is where I'm going. I've realized that I need to start equipping these couple of volunteers. So we're going to be meeting. I'm going to be showing them how to handle the large group. And here's how to do it. And I'm going to show them. I'm going to have them watch me when I'm on stage. And they're going to evaluate me. And then we're going to do some follow-up right after that, where they critique my leadership. I want them then to, dele- to, to begin to do it. So I'm going to delegate to them a small part. Let them do it, and we'll evaluate again. So here's the follow-up to the follow-up. How can I create that environment that encourages innovative thinking and creative problem solving? I can guarantee you that if you're not having your team, if your team's not voluntarily giving you feedback, it's because you've not created the environment for them to feel free to do it. They're afraid to share feedback. You know, I've served on some teams like that. They're not fun. You know. Because every time you offer an idea, it gets shot down immediately without even thinking, pausing to think about it or pray about it. Now, listen, you can't use everybody's ideas. Not everybody sees the big picture. Not everybody's idea is something that you really want to use. But you need to create the environment that encourages it, that allows people. And because instead of saying, well, no, we can't take some time to say, well, you know what, maybe we can. And maybe we can try this. If they at least see you trying their ideas, it's going to create new ideas even more. You're going to create some problem solving. And so oftentimes when somebody brings me a problem, I'll ask them, so what do you think would help solve that problem? What are some of your ideas? It's amazing some of the things they come up with that actually do work and I've used them. All right. Question number six. We've got a couple more here we're going to share. Are there any obstacles or challenges that are hindering my volunteer team's effectiveness? And how can I address them? How can I improve their serve in the next year? I want to start asking this question of my volunteers. What's been going well in your small groups? And what's been a challenge that you feel like would really help you win more on a Sunday morning? So I'll ask that question. And that's the follow-up. What are some specific challenges that you're facing? That And what are the root causes? So I'm asking them, hey, what's the problem? What do you think is causing it? And then I'm going to ask the follow-up to the follow-up, what do you think are some of the solutions? And how can I provide some support and resources to help you overcome that challenge? How do I help eliminate that root cause for you? Because as leaders, that's our job. We're the ones to step into those gaps and say, here's the, the root, and this is a nasty one, we're going to rip it out and get rid of it because we don't want it to become a barrier for our leaders. Because if, it, if we don't solve those things, that, then leaders are going to get discouraged. Volunteers are going to quit. And then you're, you're going to have a reputation of somebody who you hear the, the problem, but you don't solve it. There are times where I have to ask my team for more time. And I'm honest with them. Hey, I need to run this up the flagpole to some of my higher ups. Give me a give me a little bit, but I am addressing it and then update them. Let them know. Again, if you're a gatekeeper of knowledge and power and influence, then your teams are not going to share these things with you. All right. Question seven. Got a couple more here. Am I ensuring that my volunteers have the necessary resources and support to carry out their responsibilities? Do you make sure they have everything they need in their rooms? Do you have somebody to do it? This is a great place to delegate. Find somebody who has an eye for detail, who knows what needs to be in the rooms. In fact, I strongly recommend you have a resource list of necessary items that you use all the time in every classroom. So that way, it's a, it's a no-brainer. These are the things that have to be in the room. You're, and then I create a prep team, and those prep team people make sure that that stuff is always restocked. I don't ever want my volunteer to have to go, hey, I got no cranes in the room. I got no scissors. I've got no markers. I've got no whatever. I want to make sure they always have it so that they can do it. And that's our job as ministry leaders to make sure someone is responsible for that. So do you regularly check with your team to make sure there's resources in the room and what deficiencies do they have and how can you fix it? So your follow-up to your follow-up, how do you proactively anticipate and provide those resources needed for upcoming projects? So get ahead, look ahead on those resource lists and those needs of the small group leaders and make sure they have everything in their room that they need. They should never have to leave a room to go find something. It should be there. But again, this is a great opportunity for a homeschool family, a a senior c- citizen, a you know, Find somebody who can't commit to serving on Sundays, but they've got time during the week. Have them be that resource person to go around to every classroom and check all the resources in the room and make sure everything is there that they need. And again, if you have a master list, it makes it a whole lot easier for them to maintain that list and to see where what things need to be added to the shopping list. All right, question eight. We're going all the way to 10 here, just so you know. How can I facilitate opportunities... Sure. For, for my volunteers to grow personally and professionally? How can I facilitate opportunities for my volunteers to grow pro- professionally and personally within the ministry? What are you doing to care for your ministry leaders' souls? Are you scheduling time off for them? Have you ever given them a break? I'm telling you, this is the time to start thinking about maybe giving them a few weeks off in the summer or during the winter, but find a way to facilitate opportunities, to give them an opportunity to stop serving for a short time. You've heard me say it before on the podcast. If you're a long-time listener, I used to give two months off every summer to my entire weekly serving team. If you served weekly in our children's ministry or bi-weekly in our children's ministry, you got June and July off To rest recuperate renew yourself sit and worship you are not allowed around the children's ministry we went after parents and said hey we are going to bless our volunteers it's time for you to step up and so yes it created some chaos yes it was hard it wasn't easy but we got the parents and we filled those eight weeks so that they showed up we changed our programming around so that it didn't require having the same leaders every week But the leaders that did step in, we gave them some basic training. Obviously, we went through all this vetting process and the background checks and everything like that. But hey, you know, guess what? That just built my volunteer pool up. It just created a bench for me that now I've got people on the bench that I can pull in periodically because they got the bug and they enjoyed serving. So here's the follow up. What personal and professional goals do I have for my team and how can I support them? Do you challenge your leaders to step up and develop? Do you take your your coaches, your your high tier leaders to conferences, to trainings? Do you get them, you know, maybe some coaching? Believe it or not, I do group coaching where I'll work with a whole team and we coach them through things to develop their skills as leaders, to start thinking as leaders. Here's follow up to follow up. Are there any mentorship and training programs that you can implement? Yes, there are. There are a lot of different things out there. And again, going to ministry conferences. One of my favorite conferences to take a team to is the D6 conference. There's one out West in March of 2024. There's one in Orlando in 2024. I'm going to be at the one in Orlando. I love this conference. I love that it's focused enough that you can bring your whole next generation team. So youth pastor, a student pastor, whatever you call it, next-gen pastor, family pastor, even your senior pastor would feel comfortable attending this conference. And not every children's ministry conference would I say that. There are some conferences out there I would not take my senior pastor to. It just would, they would be a little surprised at how people behave sometimes or the focus or lack of it sometimes. But D6 is one of those that you can definitely feel comfortable bringing your entire team. But I take my team there because why? Because I want them to get mentorship. I want them to go get some free coaching. I want them to sit underneath the teaching of other people and sharpen their skills to enlarge their vision. It's an amazing thing. All right, number nine. Am I creating a culture of continuous improvement and learning within my volunteer team? John Maxwell teaches the law of the lid, meaning if you don't keep growing and developing and improving as a leader, your volunteers will hit the lid because you can only take them so far. That is why it's important for you to keep growing, to think about a coaching group or a one-on-one coaching journey, whether it's me or somebody else. And if I'm not the right fit, I have trusted coaches that, that I would gladly recommend and refer you to them. And that's why I do a 30-minute clarity call because I want to make sure I'm the right fit. But I'm always growing, so I've jumped into a coaching program myself. Because I want to keep growing and I want to create that culture that there's growing and learning. And that's why I take my volunteers and I want them to grow. I give them books to read and podcasts to listen to. Here's your follow up How do I encourage that feedback and suggestions from my team members? So, again, creating open doors for feedback and solution giving breeds a culture of improvement because you want to improve and they know you want to improve because you're open to hearing even criticism that comes towards you. That's why it's good to ask yourself, what is it like to be on the other side of me? How am I leading well? So what steps can you take to foster a culture of curiosity and learning within your team? Have you ever done some fun team building things where you take people to a place and then let them figure out the learning lessons that are around there and the things that would apply to their leadership? It's amazing when you do stuff like this, where you take them to a museum and let them walk through. And what did you notice? What did you see? What did you do? My coach and mentor took us to the Johnny Cash Museum. And there were some in the group that had no clue why we were there. I'd finally caught on that my coach always had a purpose for everything we do. Even walking from one place to another. There was purpose there. There were things he wanted us to notice and to apply. And standing in the Johnny Cash Museum, there were things that I started to notice. I started to notice a pattern of how he reinvented himself every few years. He tried new genres of music, new, new collaborations with people in different styles of music. He did all sorts of different movies, and, and he reinvented himself a lot. Why? So he could stay relevant with the times. If your children's ministry still looks like it's stuck in 1970, you got a problem because you've not created a culture of curiosity and growth. You've just stayed the same because it works. Sometimes what works needs to be broken and improved. All right, here's our last question. Number 10. What strategies can I implement to cultivate a sense of purpose and fulfillment among my volunteers as they serve? How do you implement and cultivate purpose and fulfillment? Do the the leaders hear the stories of life change? Do they understand how they're impacting generations when they show up week after week, even when it feels like nothing's happening? What strategy do you have to share those kind of stories and those kind of facts and figures? Yeah, they should hear some of the numbers stuff, but they should hear the stories of life change too. They should see things changing and developing and growing. So here's the follow-up. How can I align their individual roles with the overall mission and vision of the ministry? This is why when you recruit, you don't recruit to help, You don't recruit to just put a warm body in a room to fill a quota. You recruit an individual who has specific gifts and talents and abilities to serve a specific group because they help achieve the overall mission and vision of the ministry. You see, it's important to recruit with the end goal in mind. You want these people to fit. You want them to sense it from the moment they walk into that group. They fit. They have found their purpose. They, they have found a group they can disciple and pour into. And so it is a powerful, powerful thing that we want to do. So here's the follow-up to the follow-up. Are there opportunities for them to see their impact of service and celebrate their contributions? Every year, you should be sharing all of the life change. You should be showing them the baptism stories, the salvation stories, the ones I bring my friends' stories, the change in behavior stories. You need to be collecting those. So again, during the year, you should be asking people, where's life change happening? Share a story with me. Tell me what's happening in your small group. Where are you seeing people have aha moments? Those are the things you want to see happen because as you do that, it's going to create that opportunity for them to see impact. All right. Those are the 10 questions that I think will help you. Let me know. I would love to hear back from you. What are some of the questions you ask? What are some of the thoughts you have about building a team for the better? God bless you. And if there's anything I can do to help serve you, please reach out. You can even email me at tom at restoringleaders.org. You can message me through the Kids Ministry Collective. I would love to serve you in any way I can. So that's it. I hope you've got some good questions to ask. Keep these in a note in your phone. So everywhere you go, you can ask other leaders these questions. I challenge you to do that. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Kid Ministry Collective podcast. Thanks for joining me on the KMC. And if you're not a member of the Kid Ministry Collective, be sure to request to join. Remember to ask the questions. If you don't answer the questions, then you get declined right away. Uh, So if you apply to join and you don't get accepted right away, that's why, because you didn't answer the question. So make sure you do that for us. Uh, Hey, like and share our podcast. If you you watch this on YouTube, uh, we'd love to know. Give it a like, give it a share, and uh, let other people know. Leave a review for us. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for joining me, my friends, and God bless you. And stay tuned for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.